Hi, Wes and I are taking some time off. So today we're gonna to revisit one of our most popular episodes with you. This episode marked the beginning of our grand tour of a common cybersecurity department in a large company. In fact, we're in the middle of that tour right now and we'll finish it over the course of several future episodes. Now this replay will be especially good for those of you who recently joined our community but uh, haven't gone back yet to see the big picture that we're trying to describe. Okay. I really think you're gonna enjoy this episode. Hi everyone, uh, welcome to your cyber path. This is the podcast where we help you get your dream cybersecurity job. I'm Kip Boyle, I'm here with Wes Schreiner. We are experienced uh, hiring managers of cybersecurity professionals and we're here to help you. And if you're listening to the podcast uh, through uh, through your podcast listener, as, as you probably always do, what you don't know is that we're also making a video today. And we're going to be making videos from now on, in fact. And if you want to watch the video, just go to our YouTube channel, search for your CyberPath podcast, and you'll find our playlist up there. And, uh, and this is important because we're actually going to be sharing with you some visuals, right? And... Uh, and actually, we're kicking off a whole series of podcast episodes. What we're doing, Wes and I, is we're going to give you a guided tour of a typical cybersecurity organization in a large, uh, large enterprise. And, uh, and we're going to tell you why we're doing this in a moment. But uh, just another tip for you is um, as we're going to start numbering the episodes, so it'll be much easier for you to figure out uh, how to watch these things in order because they are going to build on each other. Wes, good to see you. It's good to see you too, Kip. This is going to be a lot of fun. Well, yeah. We're going video now, and video is a little scary, right? Mostly because now I can see my mug on the screen, but we'll figure <laughs> that out. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I've, I have, uh, what, three years of recording podcast audio only. And so, yeah, I'm not used to doing this either. This is kind of strange, but that's well, okay. We're going to get used to it. And with the videos, we're going to have to learn to like each other. So uh, <laughs> that's so. right. Because in the past, I'd be like, I don't like what he's saying. I'd be buying Nobody all could these see things, that. But no one could see it. Yeah. But now here we are. It's going to be. Uh, it's a new day, a new dawn, a new era, and it's going to be fun. I'm looking well, forward think, to it. Yeah, I think this is really going to help people. So, um, yeah, if, you know, the reason why we made this change is because um, Wes and I were talking about content and we were talking about, gosh, you know, how can we help, right? Like what what's something big we can do to help that maybe nobody else has done yet? Like how can we help folks who want to get into cybersecurity or maybe you're just in cybersecurity, right? And you're in your first job and you're thinking like, you know, where do I want to go to next? You know, if you're a person who thinks about the future. And so we thought, well, um, why don't we just like show people how a typical large organization is laid out? And, um, and then we thought, oh, but if we do that, we're going to want to show like pictures, <laughs> graphics, right? Org charts, you know, like exactly. we're going to want to show stuff. And so then we said, all right, we're going to have to do this with a, with a video recording. We're also going to have to do it in a way that respects the people who don't want to watch this as a video, who are already listening to it and prefer that. And so um, as best we can, we're going to continue to, to narrate what we're doing in a way that if you can't see the visuals, it's not going to stop you from getting value from what we're doing. Um, so, but you know, you can tell us if we, if we're not getting it right. 
just just let us know, right? You can send me a message, kip at your cyberpath.com, and you can you can let us know how we're doing. So, you know, it's the changing of the seasons right now, Kip. It, it, it got, we hit the cold spell on the farm this week. <clears throat> That's uh, right. Weather dropped below freezing. The the flowers that were left all got crispy and, and brown. <laughs> uh, we pulled the last apples off the tree. And I started wow. thinking about, uh, I've been doing some fence planning, right? Uh, because uh, in, in a suburban backyard, you just do a little fence around the edge of your property. But when you're, when you're trying to build corrals and, and pastures and, and rotate your flocks, uh, and, then, and then you've got to figure out, uh, I want to do a vegetable garden next year, but how do you do that? Uh, you've got to have an eight foot high defensive uh, perimeter to keep the deer out. And that's ah. just the deer. If you want to grow any, any carrots or, or corn or anything else. Um, so it's, it's an eight foot high and you've got to go electric if you want to keep the bears out. Oh my um, gosh. So you, you have, you have a bear threat. Really? <laughs> it's not a threat. They climb the trees, <laughs> they break the branches, right? Well, but they eat on. the rest of the apples. That's why I had to take the apples off the tree because if I don't, the bear does and he'll break the branches oh on his gosh. way down. So. Oh my gosh. This is great, so, man. Talk about planning, right? Talk about advanced planning. Jeez. And that's exactly what we're doing, right? If you want to plan your fence line and, and build your pastures and your corrals, you've got to plan that ahead of time. You can't just go start digging posts, right? Right, and, right. And I think the same thing is true in our cybersecurity career, right? There's a lot of opportunity for, I could just go dig a post, dig a post and, and run a fence line here or, or go get this job. But if we understood what the bigger picture is and then started to apply that to our careers, we can really have a beautiful pasture and corral and plan for our yard. And, yeah. and our careers. Yeah, that sounds great. Cool. Yep. Well, I'm on board. And I hope uh, everybody out there listening and watching, um, I hope you understand why we're doing this. And, um, and I hope that this is helpful. So uh, we're going to do this as a series of episodes. And today, what we're going to do is just kind of introduce um, the organization and and paint in very broad uh, brushstrokes, uh, you know, where we're going with all this. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the video pod podcast is new. It's a new journey, a new video. Um, this is part one of what could be uh, a lot of content, a lot of interesting mm -hmm. stuff. And understand the big picture leads to understanding what's my fit in this organization. Right? Yeah. How do I fit here? Yep. And and the assumptions we're making are for a large organization, right? Uh, uh, you and I both have a lot of experience in Fortune 100 companies, uh, assuming a 200-person security organization and a hundred million dollar budget. Mm -hmm. uh, non-staff budget, but uh, uh, the mid markets and the startups also have these same responsibilities and these same functions. They just apply them uh, differently, right? Yeah. It may be one security person who happens to put on this hat and then put on this hat and then put on this hat uh, moving through the process. That's and, right. And the same thing's going to be true. That's right. And so, and so the point that Wes is bringing up is, and I'm going to restate it, is that Yes, we're showing you a large security organization, but even if you work in a smaller organization, the things that they do in the big organization still typically need to be done in a small organization. Now, it's not scaled down linearly, right? So it's, it's not just a matter of like doing exactly the same stuff in the exact same way with less people. Some, I see that sometimes. I don't think that's, I don't think that's a good approach. Um, they, you know, that's like telling, um, you know, a 14 year old uh, who needs to go to a fancy event, 
you know, just like, just wear your dad's suit, right? We'll, we'll cuff it and you'll, and you'll be fine. Right. <laughs> like that doesn't work, you know? <laughs> so you've got to actually, you know, you actually have to create something that's going to fit, but, but I still think this is a good template, you know, because you might want to go work in a large security organization or, or a mid-sized one or a small one, but I think the concepts are the same and the, and the jobs are similar. And we're going to try and keep the understanding really uh, uh, transferable. We're going to, talk about the 23 common services of a security service catalog. We're gonna go into one common tool and one common process that are used in, in, in that discipline. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for our job seekers, we're gonna look at what kind of roles are normally in place in that area. And, and are they technical roles? Are they business roles? Are they, are they analysis roles? Are they PM? Are they engineer? Right. We're gonna start yeah. to take a look at uh, oh, whether these are more senior roles or more junior roles, or maybe there's a blend of both. And I, I think that's going to be really helpful for our audience. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about career pathing, right? So it's not just what's my path into cyber, but what's my, what's my path once I get in. So yeah, indeed. So this is great. Indeed. And then lastly, uh, Oh, uh, what's my path in both as a, a new hire and as a senior person, maybe in technology who wants to make the jump from a technology team to a security. Team. Exactly. Right. Yep. There's a lot of, of transferable skills there. And then the other thing I love what we're doing with this here, Kip, is your idea, right? We're going to bring in the hottest guest speakers you've ever heard. Oh, right? yeah. Experts who've been doing this for 20, 30 years or or as long as it's been around, right? <laughs> they're going to give right. us their secret sauce. So yeah. I think that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. I, I totally forgot to, uh, to, to, to tell people about that, but yeah, we, you know, we're, we're going to bring in some people that are going to really help you understand what's going on. I'm looking forward to it. So today we're going to define the common reporting structure for a large security organization and build a roadmap for where we're going next. Let's do it. All right. There it is. We're done. <laughs> Read it and weep, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's a visual now, right? This is where it becomes visual. And so um, what you're seeing on the screen and what you'll be able to see uh, later on if you're just listening right now is an, is an actual diagram of what the what the typical security organizational units look like. And, uh, you know, Wes, why don't you just take us on a quick spin? Sure. So let's start with the cybersecurity organization in the middle. That's probably a VP, a CISO. Uh, uh, the person who owns that is the the security leader for the organization. Right? Yeah, the, the security executive, right? The senior security executive is another true term that I've heard used. True. Thank you. Or head of information security, head of cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we've got four uh, organizational units that we're going to wrap around that. On the on the bottom, we're going to add security operations. Then on the right, we're going to add engineering, architecture, and test. Mm-hmm. On the top left, we're going to add governance, risk, and compliance. And then we'll put product security in the bottom left. I want to break out, break down each one of those just a little bit more. And uh, now that we've introduced the diagram, I think this would be a good time. Yeah. Uh, The security operations group, right? Who is that? That's the group that works tirelessly night and day to defend our organization from attacks. They have all the tools, the personnel and expertise to run a multi-week incident response function for the company, probably using the MITRE attack framework. Mm -hmm. These are your heroes. Yeah, for sure. They're a disciplined bunch with specific requirements. They have processes for everything until they run into a bad actor with a zero day and then no process exists. And that's when this team shines, right? They may be working all night. So forgive their bad breath and just slide another (laughs) pizza under the door, right? They'll be okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. 
that's the pizza under the door team. And they're a good group of folk, right? Yeah. I'm going to go do you, anything you want to add to security ops. Um, it, it, it can be, it can be a tough gig, right? I mean, you know, it being is. a hero is not easy work, but it's absolutely necessary. And it's a common front door for people trying to break in. It's a great place to start. Yep. Uh, we'll get a lot more detail in this. Uh, understand we're just introducing the the largest mm -hmm. organizational units. We're going to go two clicks deeper before we get done here. Yeah. Maybe even three clicks. So it's going to be fun. On the, on the right-hand side, we see the security engineering architecture and test team. It can be known by a lot of names, but it's best described as your blue team or your defense team, right? This is your technical group that is defending your organization that uh, they plan, they architect, they build, they scan, they test to remove vulnerabilities before they're discovered and exploited. Yeah. And so security operations is sometimes called a, a blue team, right? And, and now we've got some blue team activities in security engineering architecture, right? That's blue, but then red team, right? So that's a common term that people are used to, right? Red team versus blue team. Mm -hmm. And so in this org, you've got some red team members, you right? Do. Good call. You're right. Your red team lives here as well with your penetration testing folks. Um, yeah. Some of your threat hunting. Great. And then projects, right? A lot of project work in this area. Actually, uh, this team supports the organizational project work, but most mm. of the security sponsored project work is in our next option, right? Okay. We're going to go to the government. Oh, sorry. My, my screen jumped on you there. <laughs> uh, we're going to go to the governance risk and compliance area. That's the top left area. Okay. This so team is the third of fourth of four organizations. Yeah. This is the business side of CyberSec. They handle all the program planning, the budgets, the staffing. They categorize risk and roll it up to the large organization. They make sure we pass our compliance requirements so we can keep on doing business. And mm -hmm. they build training for the rest of the org. <sighs> and they build training for the rest of the organization to better internalize security. This is the group that manages our security policies and reports security progress to the executives and the board of directors. Got it. Yep. GRC. So if you guys hear GRC, that's what, that's what Wes just described. And there are, there's plenty of tools and processes we'll get into in greater detail later for now, just understand uh, there's a lot of opportunity in the governance, the risk and the compliance parts of a security organization. Yep. Okay. That's right. three of four. What's number four? The last one's really interesting, right? Uh, this is our product security group. Product security is primarily focused on securing the customer facing wild facing devices and services. Mm. I'm thinking about something like the Xbox, right? Xbox is a hardware component that must be rigorously secured. Mm -hmm. a, a common thing to say in, in security is that if you have physical access to a computer, it's not your computer anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or if yeah. I have physical access to your computer, it's my computer. <laughs> right. That's right. right. Well, the Xbox device must be hardened for global customer distribution. It includes all of the OEM and third-party device architecture and manufacturing, including running local software and drivers, operating systems, and BIOS. Behind the Xbox is also a huge service infrastructure with web security, network security, and all the privacy and compliance aspects of global business service. Mm -hmm. Product security is both the device and the services behind it that our customer uses. And when we do security for those, what we're doing is we're, we've made promises to our customer when they receive our product uh, that we're going to protect their data and protect their interactions on our devices. And, and it's our job as a security organization 
to help our business keep those promises in every design decision and delivery decision made in our organization. Right. And, and it's interesting because some, some organizations, uh, you know, have um, products that are not hardware and maybe, maybe they just offer a, you know, a software as a service. Right. And so um, the product security is really around, you know, uh, uh, identification Services. and access management, and it's very software intensive, right? But then you get you get like Xbox is the example that you brought up. Okay, well now I got a piece of hardware, and, but it's also very a very software driven uh, you know product as well. So um, way more complicated, and and I would expect a product security group to be much bigger in an organization that has a piece of hardware that people are actually Indeed. buying and using. So yeah. Indeed. So we just named the four largest parts of a security organization. We're going to break down the, the subcomponents of that as we go forward. But let's talk about what didn't make the list. Okay. Things, things that didn't make the cut, right? Yep. Some large organizations have a security research organization, right? Mm. These are essential for advancing the state of the art, but they're not, not something every security org is going to have. Right. Right. But, but you'll see, you'll see it in some, right. Mostly big organizations, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in, yeah, I'll just leave that one there. Yes. In big organizations, you'll see that. Right. Another, another thing we might see is large organizations may have a, a political influencer in Washington, DC, right. Mm-hmm. Somebody who is their DOD or top secret or, or is a political influencer. And any one of those might be a reason to, uh, to have a DC based group as well. Okay. Right? All of these are legitimate components of some orgs. They're not common enough to all orgs to, to merit putting them in this conversation. Right, right. Yeah, okay, good. That makes sense. Yeah, we don't, we're not trying to cover absolutely everything here. We're trying to cover the common stuff. But let's have some fun because this next slide, I hope you enjoy. Oh, oh yeah. Eyes. We just got 14, <laughs> 14 disciplines inside those four security organizations. Uh, yeah. for security organizational units. Yeah, because this all breaks down, right? So you've got the first level is, you know, you have a cybersecurity organization. Then you, we break we broke that down into four main areas. And now we're further breaking it down uh, into subgroups. And, you know, this is really going to be uh, the roadmap for the rest of the uh, episodes that, that we do in this series, right? I think this is going to help us understand where am I at in the organization and give us a, a, a baseline common understanding to be able to say, oh, you're talking about this part. Oh, you're talking about that part. And that's going to be really helpful. Yeah. So I'm at the mall and I walk up to the big map and I look for the dot that says you are here so that I can figure <laughs> out where the Apple store is or whatever it is I want to go to. I want to get a Starbucks or something. That's what I'm that's what I'm looking at here. We did a Microsoft plug. We might as well do an Apple plug. I love it. <laughs> Nobody's oh. sponsoring this show, by the way. We, they're, not, they're not sponsors. Not yet, but you can send me money. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're going to roll on to uh, breaking down these boxes that, that now sit around our, our diagram, right? At the security operations in the bottom, uh, bottom row, we have three uh, disciplines. Those three disciplines are the security operations function, the security uh, that might have uh, the security operations center and incident response team. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also going to see security tools that support security operations. And then lastly, we're going to see a shared services function that sometimes lives in a security organization. And that's going to be your keep the lights on uh, shared services like identity and firewalls and, and encryption as a service or any of the as a service solutions. Got it. Okay. So security operations breaks down into three 
uh, subgroups at this point? Uh, three disciplines, yeah. Three disciplines, okay, great. Yeah. Now, uh, this uh, we're gonna move to the right side, engineering, architecture, and test. Uh, we're gonna see security strategy and architecture, solution engineering and architecture, and I wanna call those out as being very different things. We'll get a chance to dig into that later. Mm -hmm. uh, we go into security testing and I've rolled AppSec uh, separate from security testing, although application security is very much a security testing function. Mm -hmm. Understanding that uh, uh, it is a new and growing field. And so I've called it out separate from the, from the rest of security testing. Got it. We've also got uh, security functional testing, vulnerability scanning, internal and external web vuln scans, bug bounty capability, penetration testing. And we'll close this out with, Threat intelligence. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> nice job trying to sneak that one in. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it's not entirely clear that that's where threat intelligence belongs. So why why do you like it there? This is the most hotly contested discipline on this diagram for where it should live. I'm not going to mm. lie. I showed this diagram to ten people, and every one of them disagreed with me, and not one of them agreed with each other. <laughs> okay well um you know but that's okay because guess what um you know, information security cybersecurity, whatever label you want to use it's always changing and so it's common to have something new show up that that you've never had before application security for example i i remember when there was no application security as a separate discipline. Right. And, and everybody was like, huh, what do we do with that? And so here's threat intelligence, same thing, right? Get all squinty eyed. What are we going to do with that? Uh, eventually it'll, it'll find a place that most people will agree with, but you know, we're going to invoke executive privilege and put it there. And that's exactly it. Uh, if we put it in operations because it helps fan bad guys, that's great, but it's a nine to five job. And, and it doesn't really contribute to attack and, and defense right? Uh, in the same way, right? Some have argued for it placing in, in risk because it identifies risk, but it's a little more of a technical role than the common risk function. So it was out of place there. Yeah. Okay. It could go anywhere in the diagram. So we should right. have well, that's where that. it's going to go. So that's what we think. All right. So, so let's keep moving. Yeah, let's keep moving. Governance, risk, and compliance in the top left. This is perhaps the most straightforward. G is for governance, which includes the project management office, the policies and standards, and the executive reporting function. R is for risk, which includes cyber risk and third-party cyber risk, which is actually mm -hmm. like AppSec uh, in the last five years, a new function for most organizations. Yeah. Uh, the C is for compliance, which may include any relevant compliance function, right? Compliance in the US can come from federal government regulations like SOX, HIPAA, FedRAMP, GLBA, which is the banking one, or CPNI for or for call data records. It can come from state government regulations like CCPA, the California Privacy Protection Act. It can come from industry-wide self-regulation like PCI, which is your credit card industry protections. Yep. It it can come from standards based alignments like uh, NIST, uh, the U.S. government's security posture, or the ISO 27001, which is more of an international security strategy. Yep. The fourth arm of GRC is the sneaky one because it doesn't have a letter. <laughs> <laughs> it's like silent E. Like I'm, <laughs> I, I've got little kids living at home and, I, and we're talking about silent E right now, right? Like, oh, silent E strikes again. It's right there hanging on the end. <laughs> do, you, do you ever go to Starbucks, tell them your name is Bob and tell them the K is silent and see what they do with it? <laughs> oh, well, I, I do better than that. I tell them it's Cornelius and you spell it with a Q. 
<laughs> nice. <laughs> the security awareness and training function is quite possibly one of the most important functions in the whole organization. And Wes, why would you say that? It seems boring. full stop, full stop. <laughs> it is, it is often treated as a second class citizen in the services of a security uh, program, mm -hmm. but I'm going to tell you it is full stop, the most important part. And here's why, right? How does malware most commonly get in our environment? Through the wetware. Yeah, the wetware. The wet oh wear. my gosh. Okay, so listen, everybody. If you're if you're learning all this for the first time, uh, here here's here's the part where I tell you that we have pet names for everything. All right, and wetware is probably uh, a good point for me to to you know take right now and just say. Um, I can help if, with that. We've got we, hardware. We, yeah. If we, if we use a bunch of jargon and we don't stop and tell you what it means, then you should call us out on it, but I'm going to call Wes out on wetware. Please Go do. ahead. Tell us so what hardware and software. We've got malware. Well, the wetware is the person who's made up of 90% of water sitting behind the computer, right? Part of the system. <laughs> it's the phishing attack, right? It's, yeah. it's the softest part of getting into your computer is you believe it or not. Right. No, it's that's a pep pack issue. Yeah. Pebcac is the person existing between the keyboard and the chair, right? P -E okay. So that's the other thing you need to understand, ladies and gentlemen, is we have many uh, TLAs, three letter acronyms, maybe even more <laughs> letters than that. So again, if we don't do a good job of, of spelling out our acronyms, call us out on that. So the security awareness and training function attempts to teach our organization not to click on the phishing emails yeah, and to build an enterprise culture that understands security is everyone's responsibility. And to slow down and follow the procedures because errors are, are what causes a lot of problems. What if we just started with only you get to use your badge? What if we started with <laughs> when you walk through a door and you badge through that door, nobody else gets to walk also through that door. Okay, but now you're crossing into a physical security discipline. It's still security because if I can touch your computer, it's my computer. Right. Okay. So that's, yeah. That's in the old days, day. we, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we'll and I can talk that. about all kinds of other like oldie moldy, you know, ideas <laughs> about that stuff. So, okay. Oh, don't give that away now. So <laughs> we're got to keep moving though. Cause uh, this is, we've got a, a guided tour today and, and yeah. I promised I would get us done in 30 minutes. So, okay, let's go. The bottom left of the organization is the product security function. Uh, it's split into two pieces device or product security that the device, the hardware, mm -hmm. and then the services behind it. And, yeah. and understand that can grow as small or as large as the products demand that we're delivering to our customers and the kind of data we're protecting in the process. Right. And you already gave a great example of an Xbox, mm -hmm. but, but, you know, it could also be, uh, Oh, I, I said before, like a software as a service. Um, it could be a, a, a mobile phone, right? It could be an iPhone. Um, it could this be is where your uh, IOT devices live. Yeah. A lot of internet of things, right? So if you've got a refrigerator that's internet aware, right? Uh, a general dynamics engine hanging off of a 787 airframe, right? Believe it or not, people, most people don't know this, but, um, but a jet engine is constantly streaming telemetry information over the internet while the airplane is flying. For you can't tell us that, Kip. Now Boeing maintenance and all kinds of really interesting things. And so, if the jet 
you know, like if that engine fl- uh, sends off a fault code in flight and it's not critical, like f- a flight ending code, but maybe a little maintenance thing. So you could actually have a maintenance team on the ground at the gate when the jet rolls up because they already know that there's an, that there a fault code was thrown in flight and With a new wing in hand, ready to go, whatever it takes. Right. <laughs> but that's an internet of things item and it needs to be secure. Very well. Good deal. Kip is your, uh, and that's one thing IOT can tell you, right? It can say, is your refrigerator running? Yeah. And uh, I'm sorry, I didn't just do and that. If, and if it is, you know, you should probably go catch it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. Oh, so dad jokes, right? <laughs> so we just did what needs to be in the security organization. We covered the 14 disciplines of a common security organization, split them up by the four organizational units. Let's look at what didn't make the cut, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You already brought it up with physical security, right? FizSec uh, is is not a common cybersecurity function anymore. It's still listed in ISC squared as a security discipline, one of the 10, but I've not seen physical security co-located with cybersecurity at any Fortune 100 company in a long time. It ebbs and flows. Sometimes there is a big desire to smush them together and then and then to pull them apart again. And I can tell you as somebody who for a couple of years was responsible for both, um, it's weird because the people who work in the physical security teams, are, I mean, it's just very different, very different culture, very different way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the concepts are similar, like, you know, choke points, right? You want choke points in your physical security perimeter and you want choke points in your networks. And, and, you know, so, I mean that, but that's really where the similarity similarities end. So my, my expectation for our listeners is you're probably not going to see physical security as one of the primary disciplines in a security organization as you're looking for work. Um, it might be there. Kip tells you it could be there. It could be, but, but it's not common. It's not, not common. Let's talk about business continuity and disaster recovery as well, right? Those, those make the list. Business continuity is handled by our business teams who want to keep their business operating. I, I may run in front of them and try and find things that will trip their business up. But that's the extent of the business continuity that our security, cybersecurity organization is probably going to be doing. Mm. We own confidentiality, integrity, and availability. But that's from a, an attacker and security perspective, not necessarily from an keep the lights on IT operations or even a business operations. We, we partner with our business teams to enable them to do business continuity. But we, we aren't the biz, business continuity owners. And the same is true with disaster recovery, right? Yeah, I generally, generally that's true. I've seen, especially in medium and small size organizations, I've seen that not be the case. True. Um, so it can go, it can go, you know, either way, depending on the circumstance. But, but even when it is part of your cybersecurity org, you can't do it in a vacuum. You've got to do it in partnership. And so I think that's a really important thing that you just said, which is, you know, don't, don't sit in your stovepipe, right? Your, your silo and think that you can figure out a great biz continuity plan <laughs> or a great dr plan because nobody will follow it when it's really needed right so be careful we know that a dr plan it, it begins with a business impact analysis or bia right it's an assessment of which assets do i have and which are most important to be, bring back online right. uh, first second and third right but i rarely see security orgs create and curate that document right right dr is really best managed by the operations team that supports the technology functions and again we help them 
right? And, and, and I want to call out one more thing here because this is the slide to do it. If any of you ever say, that's not my job, you're done. <laughs> do not say, that's not my job. Your job is to make your company successful, to help them win, and to, to, to handle the security flank in the process. Yep. Uh, and you will do whatever it takes to help that company be successful. And that's why in my JD's job descriptions, the last responsibility is other duties as assigned. <laughs> So the next group I want to talk about is privacy and legal, right? These are critical partners with security, but they shouldn't be confused with security functions specifically. Right. Here's a privacy example of how they should be working together. Because when a partner comes to us asking, what can I do with this data? It's the privacy teams who step in first to say, the data owner identified the data classification of this data as high or medium or low. And then after data classification is, is assigned, then the security team steps in to assist in defining appropriate controls and permissions for handling that level of data classi classified data. Uh, Got it. Privacy helps with classification and permission for use. Security helps with protecting the data wherever it may go or stay. I'd prefer it stay actually, if I can. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's not, uh, listed on this diagram, but I am seeing a, uh, a merge, right? So a lot of people are thinking that with the increased emphasis on privacy, mm -hmm. that we're going to see, uh, chief privacy officers and chief security officers, uh, that, that those functions are going to merge. I don't know that I believe in that, uh, but they are, they are highly uh, correlated. That's for sure. I use privacy as my primary business case for security. Whenever I need money as a security manager, mm. <laughs> find my privacy team and say, hey guys, because the privacy team always stays in better hotels than the security team does. <laughs> okay, so if you're looking for a cybersecurity job, you might want to start looking for a privacy job now. Now that well, the secret is out, now that the hotel Depends on better. how you want to travel. Your corporate travel, <laughs> privacy teams are staying in the legal team hotels, right? Yeah. And, and security fancy. teams are staying in the, in the operations team hotels, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the next group is enterprise risk function, right? Mm -hmm. Enterprise risk is what am I going to do to manage risk for my organization? This is the group that puts uh, data, puts a list of scary things on the organizational 10K, which is a form that's filed with the, the U.S. government, right? Right. So uh, if you're a publicly uh, traded, uh, you know, company in the United States, then you know, that's the document that you use to, to, uh, you know, share with potential, potential and current investors. Like, you know, what, what are the, what are the risks? They, they manage data from external and internal audits and they enterprise risk register. The cyber risk organization is a contributor to this enterprise risk function. Mm -hmm. Risks should be scored the same way. They should be rolled up to the enterprise risk list where appropriate, but we are, we are different functions who work very closely together. Yep. The next three are business functions that are run by business teams with a security component contributing to their business activities, right? The, the security operations group manages all the digital forensics. We do this for the enterprise. Then the D4 or digital forensics team turns over the results to the appropriate actioning team. That team may be internal investigations. It may be fraud or it may be the incident response team. In each mm -hmm. case, these teams are partners dependent on digital forensics, but they are not included in the cybersecurity organization usually. Oh, interesting. So where would it, so, but, but digital forensics is part of, of what we do, right? The digital forensics is getting, retrieving the data appropriately and maintaining chain of custody of that data. Mm -hmm. Whereas 
what the business chooses to do with that data, whether it's fraud investigation or loss mm-hmm. prevention, whether it's internal investigations or external, that's handled, or even incident response, that's handled by the business team that's managing. Right. That, yep. I agree. That's that what I've seen. Response. That's what I've seen. So Kip, what other things would you add or remove and, and why? I mean, this is a, this is a lot of lists, right? We've gotten to 20 some services, uh, disciplines. Uh, there's so many to think about. Yeah, there is. And, you know, we've got, we've gone over this, you know, as part of our show prep. So I, I don't have anything particular to, cool. to, you know, uh, to put on the table, but just simply, I think, you know, it, this kind of starts to get into the caveats, right? Like, it does. you know, it, it, just because we're giving you this example here, don't expect that everywhere you go, it's going to look just like this. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, in fact, uh, this is how we built it based on what we've seen, observed, and, and would do when, when we're king, right? Right. <laughs> but you, my dear listener, uh, are going to learn from we ha- what we've offered. You're going to stand on our shoulders. You're going to get the bigger job, and you're going to define this for the next generation. And when you do, come back and let us know what you did because we can update <laughs> the diagram. That'd That's be right. awesome. That's right. Yeah, definitely. Please do. Um, you know, there, there's it, it's synthetic. I, I like, I like that term, right? We're showing you a synthetic example, but there's, there's a lot that we think uh, that you can, uh, can learn from it. It's not about right and wrong. Um, so, uh, so be careful, right? Don't, don't go into your new org and say, well, I saw on a podcast <laughs> that threat intelligence is part of, so that's the way we got to do it. <laughs> no, we are, we are here offering you a way you can look at the organization and if it changes over time, that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Young Padawan. What are your takeaways for today? Cybersecurity is complex. Mm-hmm. It can be understood. And as we better understand it, we can help us find where we fit in that larger program organization function, right? Yep. I'm really looking forward to next week because we're going to finish building out this diagram. We're going to take it to the next and next level after that. We're going to look at the 23 common services to a security service catalog. And we're going to look at the individual teams that might support each one of those services and disciplines that we've already had a chance to look at. Okay, so we've got... Let's see. At the top level, we got the org. You break it down into four major areas, right? That's that's like the the next layer. Organizational units. Organizational units. Then you've got disciplines clustered in each organizational unit. And then finally, the the next level of detail that we're going to go to is the service layer, right? Yes. Okay. We'll introduce what is a service catalog and then... How is it used in all of technology as a space? Mm -hmm. And then we'll introduce the common services that a security organization will offer to its business. Think of it as, think of a service catalog as an order by number on a menu, right? Mm. I want a number 17 three-star, right? Everybody knows what a number 17 three-star is because the menu says number 17 is this food. Got it. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Wes. And thanks, everybody, for being here and for checking out this new format. We really, really appreciate uh, the opportunity to share this information with you. We really hope that it's helpful. You should tell us if, if, it, if it's not helpful. You should tell us how we could be more helpful to you. But until next time, remember, you're just one path away from your dream cybersecurity job. See you later.